We're not only focused on supporting our family or friend living with cognitive impairment, we also have to deal with what it's like to be Black in America. So the racial discrimination that we may face every day as soon as we wake up. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator. I work one-on-one with dementia caregivers to help them find solutions to the often troubling and confusing behaviors that comes with a dementia diagnosis. And I'm her husband, Mike. I'm a certified caregiver advocate and certified music therapist, and I work to bridge the gap with challenges for caregivers. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. Our goal is to focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support, and maybe a laugh or two, which we all know is the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. You know I never forget the wine. We've talked in the past about the different hurdles that different socioeconomic groups and racial groups face in their caregiving experience. Absolutely. And, you know, we always think it's important to be as inclusive as possible with our guests and as learn as much as possible about what other caregivers face and how we can support them. And that brings us to today's guest, who is a PhD RN with 20 plus years experience and is currently an assistant professor at Emory University. Her career goal as a nurse scholar is to promote quality of life for families affected by dementia through research, education, and service. Her program of research involves evidence-based practices for promoting quality of life for African Americans with dementia and their family care partners. We are pleased to welcome Dr. Fayron Epps. Dr. Epps, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very interested in talking to you about caring while Black. Thank you. Thank you for having me, um, Bobby and Michael. Um, I appreciate this time to talk about my work that I'm doing um, to support families that are on this this dementia journey. And I specifically work with um, families in the African-American community in the course that you're talking about, um, referring to as caregiving while Black, and that addresses the cultural reality of being a Black American and caring for someone with cognitive impairment. You know, we, we've talked with Danelle LeBlanc in the past about her experiences as a Black caregiver, and I've also heard information about some medications react differently in Black people than they do in Caucasians. And there's the family culture, understanding that often Black people with dementia are cared for at home a, a lot more than maybe other cultures because of how close your communities are and also maybe some reluctance to let people who really don't understand what it's like to be Black and treating them. Bobby, I think the things that you're saying, these are things that are probably um, well cited in the literature and people have spoke about it. You know, I, I have to say it's just really it's more of, you know, different groups that that culture that comes with it the culture of caring and it can look different. And I just want I do want to be clear that um there's a lot of new literature that's saying that Black families are putting their loved ones maybe in nursing homes. It may not be at a high rate as other racial groups, but they are because, you know, we got to think about it's 2022 and a lot of now uh, adults are working. 
uh, they can afford the nursing homes. So I just want to kind of debunk that myth a little bit because, um, you know, you know, if something was to happen to my mother right now, she will go into some type of home. Um, so I just want us to kind of think about that. Um, so it's not that all black families do not put their loved one in a home. Um, I think what's really unique about someone's race or ethnicity um, is the challenges that come with it living everyday life as a black American. Okay. We definitely want to hear that. Yeah. So, you know, specifically, I since I do work in the Black community, the African-American community, the everyday challenges that being Black in America adds to your caregiving role, right? And so we're not only just focused on supporting our family or friend that may be living with cognitive impairment, we also have to deal with what it's like to be Black in America. So the racial discrimination that we may face every day as soon as we wake up. You know, that adds additional layer when we're bringing our loved one or we interacting with the healthcare system. You know, there's a lot of literature that's coming out about the discrimination, the the uh, systemic racism that's that's out there. This is stuff that we have to deal with every day. If you have a female caregiver that also has a son and she's caring for her mom. So think about that. Not only is she's worrying about her mom, she's worrying about her her son that may be 17 or 18 mm-hmm. that is out there. And and so that's what makes it very unique um, to be a, a Black caregiver because these are these challenges that we have to think about every single day or we have to face, I should say, every single day and you know, the Caregiving While Black course is to, I put it together to empower Black caregivers. So to give them the knowledge and the tools that they need so they can hopefully get some better outcomes. So now when they do interact with the healthcare system, they're coming with some tools, some tools that we didn't know existed. Right. Um, and now they can get better outcomes. They have tools now to put things in place at home. Because a lot of resources exist, but many times communities of color do not have access to the resources or they don't know about it. And so this course is opening it up and saying, hey, this was out there. This is how you use it. You said that you have some programs and educational programs are caring while black. Where can somebody get those? It's so easy. They can just email. <laughs> email me at f. That's an F as in Frank, E-P-P-S at emory.edu. Or you can give us a call at 678-723-8188. We don't have a platform, a website where all of this is loaded because it is a program that is part of a study right now. Okay, well, we will put that phone number and that email on our show website. Okay, but Dr. Epps, can you give us an example of something that you feel it's really important that people understand about caring while Black and how we can assure that people of color get the support that they need? The way we set up the course, let me just talk about this, right? Because this is seven and a half hour course in length and it has videos embedded and it also has, you know, written material. And the things that we did is we use specific examples from the black community to make the 
the issues that people go through in caregiving to make it more relevant. We also brought in Black healthcare professionals to talk about what they would want their Black patients to know um, when they come in. And so for one example, we talked about discharge planning. And so I, I used to work in a hospital and it's so, so we, this is the first thing we hear is you're kicking my mom out the hospital. Mm-hmm. Day one, all y'all want to do is just kick her out, kick her out the hospital. And these are the things that we talk about where we had the director of um, discharge planning and medical coordination from a major hospital come and speak about. And he broke down the definition of discharge planning and why this is important. This is what he made us realize and the examples he used could really, it just opened up, you know, people's knowledge as it relates to what is the purpose. And he said, the hospital is just like a flight, an airplane. It gets you from point A to point B. Hmm. That's what the hospital stay is. It is to get you from point A into point B and wherever point B may be. And he wanted to be very clear uh, about that, especially for black families to understand that. Cause so many times families bring them loved one to the hospital and be like, yes, they can stay there forever. And he said, that's not the case. And so do not get mad at case managers or physicians for talking about discharge planning in the beginning, because they, they are there to help you get to that next step. And they have to start talking about that from day one. So those are examples of in the course that we really just dive into. And, and we talk about and we use sayings that often are said in the black community so people can can relate. What you said about the, the airplane getting from point A to point B. And it's interesting if you do take a trip to push that string just a little farther. Once you get off of that plane at your destination, you either go to your car to get somewhere else or you rent a car to get somewhere else. So it's to get you to a point where you can follow on, if you will. Yes, I like that, Michael. Yes. Yeah. Um, We also brought in an attorney to make sure, you know, people, we always want to say what goes on at the house stays at the house. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, I think maybe a lot of people may say that a lot of families may say that, but that's really, really strong in the black community. Like what happens here in this house behind these closed doors, they stay right here. Mm -hmm. That said, but in this course, we're trying to push that a little bit more because if that happens, then you won't get the help that you need. We won't know how to help you. And so you actually do need to share your business and let other people know, because as a black family, we're so private and we don't want to let things people know certain things because it may be a sign of weakness. I understand that. You know, I'm very Italian. My My parents were immigrants, and it's very much the same way. To admit that I can't fix something is a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. So I understand what you're saying very clearly. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and and I think it's just like for us to say that, no, this is not a sign of weakness. This is just something that is happening in life. um, And we need to speak about it and put things in place do life planning um, because a lot of black families do not do that, do not mm-hmm. look at their life overall and the future and what's going to happen in 10 years or um, happen in 15 years and put things in place. And so we have a segment where we, we talk about that and we also define terms, um, guardianship. What does that mean? Because right. so many times people use terms and we don't understand it because that wasn't 
our everyday language. It's nothing that was taught to us in school. Right. And so we try to also break that down. Um, and then again, tell people it is everyone's business. We do need to share it so we can get that support and get that help that's needed. And another thing is we talk about self-care. So we do touch on, touch on mental health as well. Because it is okay to take time for yourself. And I think all caregivers overall in general do not. But especially in the black community, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with this term. It is the um, the superwoman. Mm-hmm. And it's like the black superwoman. And so especially as being a female and if you're a female care partner, caregiver, it's like I mean, as a black female, we're taking on everything. We're saving everybody. That's our, you know, we think that's, that's our role. Right. And then we forget about ourselves. And so we want to make sure we talk about that, that it's not your role to be the black superwoman. You know, you're there to help and support, but you also have to take care of yourself. And, you know, that goes even beyond the African-American community where it is okay to ask for help. Yes, it is. And, you know, Michael, if I had families, I see that they're going through things, black families. And I and I, you know, I approach them and I say, I have some assistance for you. I know that this person can help or you can use this resource. And um, this particular caregiver, she shared with me, oh, I'm going to get back with you. Let me get let me get it together. And then I'm going to get back with you. And then I'm like, wait, that's not the purpose. <laughs> Let me help you get it together. But again, that's that that superwoman, especially is so, so deeply rooted in the black community that the female takes care of everything. Yeah. We have to put everything in order and be there to support everyone. That kind of reminds me of the woman that hires somebody to come in and clean. Right. But they have to clean before the person yes. cleaning comes in. So it doesn't look so bad. Yes. So then what's the purpose? Right. That is that right. is so funny. Yeah. And that's even like going to the dentist. Like, you know, yeah. you want to brush your teeth two minutes right before you go into the dentist to yeah. get your cleaning. <laughs> so I would also like to share, you know, with my time working with black families, um, that are facing dementia, I I would just ask the audience and the listeners just to consider when you're in a group with a Black family, just consider what they may be going through, right. how their life experiences may be different than yours. Um, you know, so many times Black families tell me they're in support groups um, and they just cannot relate because no one asks them their experience. And most of the time, the support groups are primarily white. Mm-hmm. And then just the everyday experiences are a little bit different. Um, and sometimes it's hard for the black caregivers to relate. And I just ask, pay attention. If you see someone really just being quieter to themselves, please just kind of give them that space and, and, and just ask more about what they're going through. Um, because sometimes... You know, we've been in groups and people are talking about these fancy trips and going here and it's fine dining. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's like, oh, well, we don't do that. We've, we've never been able to afford that. Right. Yeah. So then that just brings isolation to that caregiver. And we already know caregivers are isolated enough. Right. 
Uh-huh. That's a very, very good point. So, yeah. So that's what I'm just asking if the listeners can, um, you know, just be just be mindful of that and to learn about um, the experiences of others that may not share the same um, race, ethnicity or their culture, because they may have tips that could help. Right. Right. Absolutely. There's no one that knows everything about everything. Exactly. No one. No one, Michael. I am with you on that one. So that's just my acts of listeners, just to kind of be considerate of that. You know, sometimes that's that's what it takes is somebody to point out to others, this is what we need from you. And I so appreciate your sharing that and reminding us of that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. A lot of times it's the simplest things that go the longest distance. Yes. That gratitude, you're you're right. Um, one thing I want to speak about before we wrap this up is um, health um, healthcare providers dismissing mm. black families that do come in that have concern about uh, their their mental status or any cognitive impairment. Um, a lot of families that I have work with, they have been dismissed by their healthcare provider um, because, oh, they're too young. They don't look like this or no. And, you know, I can't say it's just based on race because we don't know. Right. I'm not interviewing that healthcare provider. Right. But that is occurring a lot with the families in the community that I'm working with where they're coming back and telling me, oh, well, he didn't take it serious. He told me it was menopause. He told me it was a scam. You know, things like that, you know, and, and sometimes I wonder what well, if a white family was to come in and say the same thing. I have some concerns. Will you say the same thing? That is a scam. I hear what you're saying. And I, I imagine that in some cases that is true. But I'm also aware that a lot of doctors are not as informed as they need to be on dementia. They tell people things that are just wrong. Oh, you know, I had a doctor say, it starts with depression, turns into dementia, and then becomes Alzheimer's. Well, that's absolutely not true. Those are three different things. <laughs> and Dr. Epps, I imagine as a female that sometimes we feel that health professionals are dismissing us. Yes. So our job in part is to educate doctors to listen to what we say, because regardless of our color, we know what we're talking about when it comes to our family members. Exactly. I am with you on that. I had wrote a paper about just the falling um, falling between the cracks, the experiences of Black caregivers navigating the healthcare system, and, and the gender came up, right, mm -hmm. being a mm -hmm. female. So I appreciate you bringing up that point. Well, Dr. Epps, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and our listeners. Our goal is to reach out to all groups because caregiving doesn't know any race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or anything like that. It's an equal opportunity offender, if you will. So thank you so much for being with us and talking with us and our listeners today. Really appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. You can find more information about Dr. Epps and links to the Faith Village Research Lab on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we're dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes and post a review, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, 
please post on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that dot show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.